0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: And uh, a good morning to you. I say that with some trepidation. It is January 18, 2021. And as is so often the case when beginning the week in these times, um, I'm often left somewhat paralyzed at the beginning of the show on Mondays uh, because so much has happened since we last spoke. And in these crazy times, uh, that has been... A given, a given <laughs> week after week after week. This Monday is no different. Uh, I I want to start, and I I want to start by a- acknowledging a great loss, and um, I thank those of you who acknowledged it. Um, when I was last speaking to you. On Thursday, um, I did not know that as I signed off, a dear friend was breathing her her last breaths, just a mile or so from here. Uh. I found out very soon after the show ended a friend called and gave me the news of Joanne Rogers passing and she did it in a way in which she was still unwilling to acknowledge it was true. She said, I heard from my pastor, which was Joanne's pastor as well, but I'm thinking maybe, and I the magical thinking that was going on. I said, "Well, I it was like, it was just a gut punch," and I have to tell you, I haven't processed it yet. Um, again, in these times when we're not able to be with the people who are mourning, our loved ones who are mourning. It is, it is so hard to, you know, in such an isolated way to often come to terms with and process the deaths of people you love. I uh, posted on our Facebook page, and I also put out on Twitter, actually, I thank uh, Jonathan Wander for first doing it, and I retweeted it, um, the last show that Joanne uh, was on, uh, she was on this show many, many times, usually in the company of other of our girlfriends. We did those girlfriend shows for years, Uh, but this was just solo Joanne, and it was about two years ago. I um, I didn't want to put upon her. You know, she had so many requests to do so much. And she was, so. when she last appeared on the show, she was 90 years old, full of life, full of that wondrous laugh of hers, full of great stories. And if you haven't had an opportunity to uh, look at that show, please do it's um it's when we did video as well and uh so there she is in all her glory i, I i'm uh, unhappily i began the show uh without even introducing her i was so preoccupied that day because my beloved cat had died the night before and i was i was sort of in a bit of a state so But if you get past that first, my cat died uh, introduction, it's such a joy to be in her presence. And I do recommend it. I don't know what to say. She was one of the most remarkable people, most wonderful people um, I've ever known. And, you know, unlike Fred, (laughs) unlike Fred, she, she seemed... More accessible around Fred. Fred Rogers. I. I mean, I. I was always sort of awestruck, and you could. I, I couldn't help but be, uh, even though he was a friend. He'd come to the house. I don't think I ever completely relaxed around him because there was something almost otherworldly about him. I. I was never sure. Um, I didn't feel like I was even on the same planet with him. It was an odd thing. And um, that measure of discomfort I felt around him, I never told Joanne that, but, but Joanne, oh my God, anyone who didn't feel immediate comfort in her presence and just joy in her presence would have been i, I don't know what to say i incapable of of joy incapable of of uh seeing beauty um i have a million stories i'm not going to share them um i Today is my birthday, and I am celebrating my birthday today by taking a little bit of a COVID risk and having some of the girls who comprised a little group of us with Joanne who often had dinner together, Um, they're coming to my home and we're going to sit miles apart and windows open and face masks on and at least be able to share stories and tears because I really need that I'm sorry that I'm not I'm not up for a proper eulogy of her I'm just not The New York Times eulogy yesterday, obit yesterday was, I found, very wanting and unfulfilling. And I just don't know what to, I'm sorry to say. Okay. Damn it. She deserved more from me, some eloquence and i'm 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 just not I'm not able I'm sorry, not yet well oh, there is oh let me quote there is this quote from Tom genonot who was the the guy whose Esquire article was used for that movie uh about Fred that starred Tom Hanks that came out uh a year ago. And uh, his life was changed by knowing Fred and Joanne. And um, he said this, and I I, I do think it was, uh, I mean, just right on the money, since I'm incapable today of uh, any measure of, uh, of clarity about this. He said, and this was in the New York Times obituary, there was nobody else who made kindness sound, not like a burden, but rather like a source of raucous pleasure. There it is. Where with Fred, sometimes it seems so heavy. With Joanne, it was raucous pleasure. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. This is what happens in this age when news can just pop up in front of you while you're talking. Okay, this from The Washington Post just came across my view, popped on my screen. And it's 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 uh, it's unbearable. It's it's The Trump administration, it says, bailed out prominent anti vax groups during the pandemic. Five prominent anti vaccine organizations that have been known to spread misleading, flat out lies about the coronavirus, about Vaccines received almost a million dollars in loans to keep themselves afloat from the Paycheck Protection
0: Program.
1: So while so many small businesses went begging got nothing. This administration was bailing out the very organizations that were undermining the paltry federal effort
0: to fight the pandemic.
1: I mean, actively, actively, helping people who were trying to undermine any legitimate response. Dear God in heaven, you know, you can't, you can't make it up. You can't. We've said that 500,000 times and I just, I, I I don't know, and I'm sorry, again,
0: uh, where to start.
1: Let's start with something positive for a change. It ain't easy in these times, but I did see something positive um, today. And uh, let me find it for you here, access it. This was a, a new take on um on the uh I can't I'm sorry, my computer is totally screwing me up. Cut it out. Thank you. Um it's about um uh, the the constant drumbeat of negative news about uh the vaccine and you know it's lousy. Uh, rollout, obviously. Um, I mean, the Biden administration is inheriting such a disastrous uh, mess um, and we'll hope that they'll be able to uh, turn things around. And I'm just talking about getting the vaccine not only out, but in to our arms. And I, this is from um, a, a a blog that goes out from, uh, the New York times in the morning by David Leonhardt. And it's often very, very good. And he says something here that I think is, uh, really, uh, helpful to hear. He says, you know, early on, we were told, right. That, um, we shouldn't get masks. Remember that? Don't go running for masks. And what that was, it was bull, but what that was, was the public uh, health officials feeling that we could not be trusted to hear the truth. And the truth, of course, was that if we the people rushed to buy high grade medical masks. Uh, the doctors and the nurses on the front lines would not have them. And that, I mean, that was true. And so they lied to us, which was unfortunate uh, because it did lasting damage you know the the condescension of those in power often to us toward us that you know you can't handle the truth when we could tell us what you need from us and at that time they needed us to You know, shelter in place to be careful, but to not go for the masks that the medical people who were on the front lines needed. Okay. Because there was not enough supply. But the reality is, is that confused us. I mean, I remember, didn't you? I mean, there was cognitive dissonance in it. I mean, wait a minute. Uh, if the masks aren't uh, effective for us, if we're not supposed to go for them, well, how come the doctors and nurses need them? <laughs> you mean they're effective for doctors and nurses, but not for us? And, and you know, at the time, it made no sense. And it damaged the credibility of people who needed credibility at that time, at the onset of this horrific
0: pandemic.
1: And David Leonard said this today, and now a version of the mask story is repeating itself, this time involving the vaccines. And once again, it's because the experts don't seem to trust us to hear the full truth.
0: And here it is.
1: Right now, public discussion about these vaccines is full of warnings about their limitation, right? They're not 100% effective. Even when you get them, uh, you're still uh, maybe able to spread the virus. People, you shouldn't change your behavior at all, even if you got them. And while these warnings have a basis in truth, just as it's true that masks are imperfect, the sum total of what they're saying now about the vaccines is misleading. And all you have to do is listen to some doctors and epidemiologists who are willing to trust us with the truth. Here's the dean of the Brown School of Public Health. It's driving me crazy. We're underselling the vaccine, says another at the University of Pennsylvania. Here's one from Baylor College. It's going to save your life. That's where the emphasis has to be right now. Here's the director of the Vaccine Education Center in uh, Philadelphia Children's Hospital. These vaccines are essentially 100% effective against the serious disease. It's ridiculously encouraging. They are so effective, they're on par with the vaccines for chickenpox and measles. And a vaccine doesn't even need to be so effective to reduce cases sharply and crush the pandemic. It doesn't have to be as great as the vaccines we got. And if anything, the 95% number understates the effectiveness because they get that 95% number by counting anyone who came down with even a mild case of COVID as a failure after they got the vaccine.
0: But the reality
1: is that these vaccines are extraordinary. Of the 32,000 people, who received the vaccine in a research trial. Do you know how many got a severe COVID case out of 32,000, a severe COVID case? One, one, one. And although No, you know, rigorous study because there hasn't been time has yet analyzed whether once you got the vaccine, can you still spread the virus? It would be incredibly surprising if a vaccinated person could spread the virus. Dr. Paul Sachs of Harvard, if there is an example of a vaccine in widespread clinical use that has this selective effect that prevents disease, but not infection. I can't think of one. So out of an abundance of caution, they're telling us these things and they're underselling the efficacy, the extraordinary miracle of these two vaccines that are now out with, by the way, some more on the way. Dr. Monica Gandhi, University of California, San Francisco. Please be assured that you are safe after you get the vaccine. You are safe from the disease and you are safe from
0: spreading it.
1: We should be greeting this vaccine with the same enthusiasm that the polio vaccine got. And again, why are we not getting this message so clearly? Again, like with the uh, masks, you don't need masks that we heard back in March, right? The motivations of the people who are downplaying this are mostly well-intentioned. You know, they're, they're academic researchers. They're, they They, and I certainly hope so, are instinctively very cautious. They need proof. They're prone to emphasizing any uncertainty. They also might be nervous that vaccinated people will stop wearing masks and social distancing, which they think, would then cause unvaccinated people to stop wearing masks and social distancing. And
0: that would be a disaster.
1: So what they're doing now sort of spreads anti-vaccine skepticism and the best way obviously to persuade people to do the right thing is tell them the truth uh, here's the reality people who have received both doses of the vaccine and have waited until they take effect which is another week or so, right, we will be able to do things that unvaccinated people still cannot, like having meals together and hugging each other. But until the pandemic is defeated, all Americans should wear masks in public, help unvaccinated people stay safe, and contribute to a shared national project of saving every possible life. meanwhile i i got a message from a friend saying hey i got i signed up to have a vaccine uh to get the vaccine and i'm sending you the the the, the form and um you sign up if, and you get a date for your first shot and your second and i'm thinking what because i thought we were still in that first phase of only doing medical people now granted in a lot of states they're moving much faster than we are i'm not quite sure what's going on here in pennsylvania this is ridiculous i talked to a cousin yesterday in california he's he's not a frontline worker but he's he's got his uh he's got a date on saturday to get his vaccine. And when I told him, I, you know, old as I am now, I said, I still, I don't even know where I'm supposed to request one. And, you know, my 99 year old mother in in Wisconsin doesn't have one yet. So when I looked at the form that I was sent, I read the small print and, and frankly, I think my friend was wrong because it says it's for frontline workers you had to be a healthcare worker that's what it's for and yet he filled out the form and got an appointment so there's a lot of this uh line jumping going on that frankly i don't approve of and i'm not gonna i'm waiting until they say that all the frontline people have been vaccinated and now old farts like me can get in line. Uh, And there's so much, it it says something about people, right? The elbowing, the, 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 you know, the tech savvy people that are online and able to do this. And again, it means the privileged, the privileged the connected
0: go to the head of the line, and that pisses me off
1: I just want to say, let me note that it is uh Martin Luther King Day. and
0: wow i don't
1: know what oh i have a caller i'm sorry amy i didn't see that i'm sorry and i'm sorry to the caller i was about to go i'm I'm sorry i am you can tell i'm not in a good place today i'm sorry um hello caller hello Hey Lynn, it's
2: Jonathan, and I've been ignored by you know better women than you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, KU.
1: <okay, you>. Hey,
2: <laughs> I want to get back to um, your dear friend uh, Joyce oh, Rogers, if, sure if I am. could. I'm so sorry sure. for for your loss, And Please don't kick yourself about not having the words today that that you want to find to eulogize her, uh, because that that show you did with her was. Just a treasure for all of all of us. I've sent that to people. I mean, since you did the show, I've sent that to so many people mm-hmm. as a way to get to be with, with her and get to know her and She was so artists,
1: wasn't she funny in that thing? God was she wonderful. Hilarious. And
2: um when you when you asked uh, you know, what's what's something about Mr. Rogers that um <laughs> That most people wouldn't know. And you can go. You can tell. No, them. you go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> I still he, can't believe it. <laughs> that, that he he liked some bathroom humor, and yeah. uh, sometimes when the two of them were together, and uh, you know, with a, and he wanted to get get a little laugh, he would kind of lean one butt cheek up and make a little you know fart noise. <laughs> And it crushed them up. And the image of that is just so endearing and and
1: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, she told the uh, story, she rolled over so that, you know, she had one little yeah. butt cheek up in the air. And I was I mean, I know she does. She she had a very body uh sense of humor. And it did it definitely. Yeah. I headed toward into the sort of scatological so, area yeah. without a doubt. I think the, the first time I knew that was she sent me once some uh, in an email or something. Cause I think it was, bef- it was before we were texting. She sent me an email and it was a, it was a picture of a guy in a, you know, a, a totally rubberized, what do they call it? A wetsuit? Like Coming out of the ocean yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, but it was like blown up like, it was like a balloon. <laughs> and, and it just said, she said, never fart in a, I, 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 you know, in a way. And I got that. I thought, what? <laughs> Mrs. Rogers?
0: Uh-huh. Ne- yeah, uh huh. Yeah.
2: It ain't easy being saintly, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was that was such a wonderful, wonderful show. And and you know there are times you, you choke up and but the and hysteric just so funny and oh, such gosh. a joy to get to, to know her that way. Because oh my- since you were her friend, you could talk to her and quote-unquote interview her in a way that no one else could who didn't know her
4: and yeah. who didn't know
2: Fred. Right. Um, but I have a question for you. I appreciated the media outlets who, when reporting on her death, mentioned, um, hey, this wasn't just Mrs. Yeah. Rogers. Thank she you. was an acclaimed pianist and yeah. showed some highlights. And I wanted to know, did she ever play for you? Did you ever get to hear her play?
1: I heard well yeah I actually went to um one of her concerts um so I heard her play in that regard but uh-huh. I never no she never played just for me Fred did but but she never did uh Fred you know I have a piano here and and Fred it seems like every time he was here he sat down and started playing but oh, she gosh. may I mean he was <laughs> nowhere near the piano player she was. (laughs) She she was amazing. And she played, you know, dual piano. She played with her friend, uh, Janine Morrison. And uh, so it was like, do you remember Ferranti and Teicher? That that was a, yeah, well, they were like that. And they did two albums. And um, yeah, she, she was amazing and then her it was weird because when she stopped playing it didn't seem like it was a big deal for her i i wish i'd talked to her more about it her arthritis in her hands just you know sort of put an end to it but i asked once i said don't you miss playing the piano and and she said not nah, not really i mean i which i was stunned by um but that was sort of like her, too. Man, she just kept moving on. I, she wasn't one to, to mope. She was amazing. She was oh, amazing. She was amazing. And
2: um, <laughs> thank you for bringing her to us in that way. Oh, and yes. happy birthday oh.
1: to you. Terry you. Fran, and I love you. <laughs> ah, I love him. Thank I love you. you. i to blame you. <laughs> yeah. Bye. 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 Yeah, I'm in good company with my birthday. It was Michelle Obama's birthday yesterday. Martin Luther King's tomorrow. You know, it's weird. There's something about my birth date being January 18th that coincides with a lot of, in my life, seems to coincide with a lot of events. Mm-hmm. And the one I I think of was... Uh, My birthday in 1961, Um, not to give my age away or anything, but that was my bat mitzvah, uh, which happens when you're 13. And what I remember, I mean, I remember a lot of things about my bat mitzvah, but that day, the bat mitzvah was not on my birthday, the 18th, my bat mitzvah was on the 20th, which would have been, um, which would have been the Friday night, um, the, which would have been a Friday, right? And um, January 20th, 1961, was when John F. Kennedy stood on the steps of the U.S. Capitol and took the oath of office. So the same day, it was always, it was amazing to me that Kennedy was inaugurated at noon that day and this little old 13 year old me had to go do my my bat mitzvah that evening. But so that was the day when he was inaugurated. Ask not what you can do. No, ask not what your country can do. What? What is it? All of a sudden it doesn't work. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your... That can't be it. Is that it? doesn't seem right.
0: God, see, I'm old. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Do we have another caller? Hello. Okay.
3: Hi. Good. Hi. Good morning, Lynn, and happy oh. birthday.
1: Thank you. We
3: share. We share. We share birthday months. <laughs> and well, happy birthday uh, to you. Thank you. And I always, I never liked having my birthday on January third because when I was in yeah. school way back. That was the day we had to go back to school after the Christmas holiday. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, just about this vaccine jazz. I got a text from a friend who got it from a friend, blah, blah, and to fill out this form to get the vaccine. And, you know, try to find out, you know, is this legit? Whatever, of course, everything's closed today and so forth. But anyway, I'm signed up for it this afternoon, I also found out that the person who started this send out to our group went to get his vaccine this morning and was turned away because it was, in fact, for medical, for. for So they signed, okay, now
1: wait. So they signed him up. And then when he went to get it, they said, uh, so, Sorry. no, you're not eligible. Is that what happened? They they gave him a that's date? That's what happened. Uh, yeah, we, yeah
3: I, I signed it up. Yeah, I filled it out yesterday afternoon, you know, the usual stuff. Well, didn't it say and that it, is, it was for health care? Well, that's, that's the, that was the glitch. And sometimes when you send a form, I believe what was left off was the first introduction email that said, this is for. That's right. It was Monroe. fine
1: print. It was fine print. Well, it
3: wasn't even fine print. It wasn't even included. Oh, wow. So I now have my appointment for this afternoon. It's in Monroeville. It's at the Doubletree at one I am going because if they turn me away, fine, no big deal. But I'm also assuming that these vaccines have been pulled from storage and have to be used and if there was a glitch then I think the IT people in the company still have time to email me and say don't come maybe I don't know and but in the off chance that it either goes down the drain or it goes in your arm I'll put it in my arm. I don't want to take anybody's space, but Mm -hmm. I also would feel horrible if it went to waste because I didn't see the fine print. But in coming over that application again, there was it was the page before that we were missing. So I well, yours is a different.
1: That's interesting because yours is a different one than mine. the The form I was sent comes from one of the. you know the uh hospital uh associations here one of the
3: oh okay okay um yeah so we're gonna go i mean it's you know i'm in east liberty to Monroeville. no big deal we'll take a drive we haven't been in the car for a few days so, <laughs> uh, okay they well us away. they turn us away but
1: well look at it, it as know, a birthday just, look at it as a birthday present better than uh, going back to school
3: Yes, exactly, exactly. And also, blessing to your mother. She and Betty White are the same age. How amazingly wonderful is that? And, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: so, two and she's, incredible uh, women. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah, she and, is. Uh, that's, that's what we want to aspire to.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> to indeed. Be lost, your
3: mom and, and Betty White.
1: <laughs> good
3: luck, Dot. It's not a good idea. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, okay. Good uh, luck
1: to you.
3: Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy your Wednesday with Joe Biden.
1: Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, finally. Thank you. Bye. And speaking of that, geez, didn't even get around to the news. I mean, it's it's just amazing um, how, you know, now the concern about somebody taking him out, in an inside job thing. Uh you know the fact that they're now vetting all of the National Guard's people there, National Guard people because they're armed. They're there supposedly to protect uh Biden and everybody else. But we know that these white supremacists and friggin lunatics are all over the military. They are. And they're all over law enforcement. They are. So that's, cheese.
0: I mean, I'm...
1: Abraham Lincoln had to brave his inauguration in this same way because there was good intel On his way to Washington and at the inauguration that someone was going to take him out. And God knows you couldn't miss him, that tall, tall man with the tall, tall hat. And there is that just blood chilling picture of John Wilkes Booth at his inauguration. Have you ever seen that? I mean, we know that these insurrectionists are in the government and they don't all leave when Trump leaves. They're in our Congress. They're in law enforcement. They're in civil service positions of great responsibility. I don't know. And the reality is, I read something the other day that these, you know, white supremacists have actively for years been
0: recruiting local
1: law enforcement people. It's why you know, I, I, I mean, you you, we, you can see it. You can see the, you know, the, the that Rittenhouse jerk in Kenosha, you know, after after just out and out killing uh, two people, walking with his rifle right by law enforcement, who you know waving at them. They're waving back. I just saw a video today that made me sick. It was an FBI agent arresting one of the... One of the rioters. I'm not sure where. I mean, he's arresting him at his home, probably yesterday or something. And the video is of this guy walking the insurrectionist uh, to a police car. The guy's hands are handcuffed behind his back, and the law enforcement, the FBI guy, is is putting a coat around his shoulders and sort of laughing with him and talking to him. And it was like, you know, I couldn't hear what they were saying, he was saying, but it was like, that doesn't look like what I've seen when the FBI normally arrests
0: people. I I don't know. I don't know.
1: And the reality, too, is that the Republicans, if you thought for a minute they were going to rise to the occasion, no. Nah. Forget it. Because this is America, and what we have always done here is sweep things under the rug and try to move. Move on! Move on! Nothing to look at here, nothing to account for here, nothing to acknowledge, really. Let's just keep moving on. which is why and I've talked about this but I I read uh, some something in the atlantic that that uh said what I have been saying but better that I go nuts when I hear people say this is not america Joe Biden said this is not America. Everybody, they all say it. This is not America. It's right up there with the stupid remarks you always see after some horrible tragedy, after some Second Amendment lunatic nut shoots up a bunch of people somewhere, and then the people of that town say, "Say, this is not fill in the blank. I never thought it would happen, fill in the blank.
0: What is this
1: incredible ability Americans have to not, to never
0: come to terms with our reality?
1: So let me share the more eloquent words of Ibram X. Kendi writing in The Atlantic on this issue. I don't know. I'm going to jump in in a certain place here. Is all that happened on January 6th part of America? (laughs) Uh, It is. And they, those people are. All of what we saw at the Capitol is part of America. But what's also part of America is denying all of what is part of America. Actually, this denial is the essential
0: part of America. Denial is the heartbeat
1: of America. We
0: must
1: stop the heartbeat of denial and revive America to the thumping beat of truth. The carnage has no chance of stopping Until the denial stops. This is not who we are, must become in the aftermath of the attack on the Capitol. This is precisely who we are. And we are ashamed and we are aggrieved at what we've done, at how we let this happen, but we will change. We will hold the perpetrators accountable. We will change policy and practices. We will radically root out this problem. It will be painful, but without pain, there is no healing.
0: And in the end,
1: what will make America true is the willingness of us to stare, to state excuse me, to stare at our national face, for the first time, eyes wide open to open the book of our history for the first time and see ourselves for ourselves, all the political viciousness and all the political beauty.
0: And finally, then we might begin to right the wrongs.
1: And as I've said, I don't hold out a lot of hope for our ability to do it. We didn't after the Civil War. We didn't after all of these consequential moments in our in our history. And at the heart of it all is our need to believe we're exceptional, which is bull, and of our need to cling to white superiority
0: which is bull. I have some callers. Caller, go ahead, please.
5: Lynn?
0: Yeah?
5: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lynn. Happy birthday to you.
1: Thank you.
5: Thank you. My little my little serenade there. I hey, appreciate uh, it. Talk about all these uh craziness from going on in DC. Well, I got two things. First of all, I heard the other day that over two hundred black Capitol police have sued the Capitol Police for yeah. racism. Yeah. So it's did not they, surprising that, that they no. really didn't do much.
1: Well, some did and some didn't. Some obviously risked their lives, some gave their lives. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can find a law enforcement entity anywhere that doesn't have this in it somehow, somewhere, and it's protected. It's protected and it's not dealt with. And the fact that a few law enforcement people who've been identified now as being part of the riot are being, uh, removed from forces in the, in the, in the country is of little, uh, comfort to me (laughs) because they're. I mean, we see it all the time when uh, their social media posts become uh public when somebody somebody bothers to look at what officer so and so and chief this and that is saying in his uh on his social media, and it's just unbelievable.
5: Remember what the Rolling Stones said? every cop is a criminal. <laughs>
4: Yeah. So maybe not yeah.
5: everyone. Maybe not everyone. Not quite everyone. But a lot of no. them all. Hey, I'll uh, uh, put the here, Lynn. Back yeah. to the uh, virus. Back to the virus. I was listening to uh, KFI out of uh, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and Dodger Stadium has opened up to be a dis- distribution center.
1: Right. An inoculation and center. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're
5: talking about this week, they should be given 12,000 vaccines a day. Wow. How can they do that? Yeah, well, that's
1: what they're predicting. I don't know. And I'm not quite sure what's happening. But I think Pennsylvania is lagging here. I think we're... No, at,
5: come on.
1: Oh, God help us. All right, you. Well, thanks for the serenade. I appreciated it.
5: All right. Happy birthday, Lynn. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Bye. And we have another caller. I want to get you in here. Hello.
4: Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, Lynn, uh, I don't know what you think about the, uh, this where they, they're they saying about not convicted. We're uh, not going through with this impeachment thing. And then, and then you hear some of these people saying, we shouldn't do anything to Trump when he gets out because it it's going to be hard on the country, you know well, it do wheel I say bullshit, I say you take him and you charge him for everything you can and try to get him on some this, this is what the problem is. Every time these bastards' criminals get in there, they do nothing to them. So the bastards come in again, and they figure, hey, we could push the envelope. Let's go a little further. And that's the problem. you got to nip it in the bud right then. We should have nipped it in the bud with Bush. People, they forget about Bush. But uh, this time, you need to nail his ass. You, you really do. And, and I don't care about the country and all the country. As far as I'm concerned, it's not going to be good to go the other way. You can't let crime go like that. He should be—he's a civilian now, and that's how he should be charged. I don't know how you feel about that, but
1: well, no. I hope he spends the rest of his life uh, running from uh, from the law. Uh, you know, the the today and tomorrow, he is going to pardon over a hundred people. Oh, I know. And God knows what uh, collection of reprobates, and criminals, and low and scum that that will uh, be, but. The grift continues to the end because there are people collecting tens of thousands of dollars uh, for for getting a pardon for somebody. There's a whole there's a whole cottage industry that has uh, popped up, uh, monetized uh, this pardon. saying that, hey, listen to this. His former lawyer, John Dowd, he was a White House lawyer. He has been actively marketing himself to convicted felons as someone who could secure a pardon because of his close relationship with Trump. And he's been taking tens of thousands of dollars from felons, obviously wealthy felons, and advising uh, clients uh to you know h- how to uh line his pockets while he attempts to get them uh a pardon it the stench of this administration it will will hang um hang over us for such a long long time such a long time Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Yeah. Uh, uh.
0: Here, I've been sent this.
1: I'll just quickly read it. Um, Wake up call for Republicans. The deliberate mass deception campaign that captured your party is a public health crisis. Red flags you should be noticing. You seek spaces that only include members, pushing pushing everyone else away. You don't trust anyone other than uh, members of the tribe. Scientists, doctors, experts are not trustworthy. Your conversations are primarily focused on. Your group includes Nazis. (laughs) Um, Ida, you know, look. uh, The Republicans will not wake up. A few here and there. Uh, They're going to have to break away and start another party. I've said it uh, for months and months and months now. And it is the only thing they can do. The Republican Party is dead It is not a party that believes in American democracy. It is an insurrectionist party, a party that peddles lies uh, with, and and still refuses to stop. Fox News, still, they're all downplaying this. Oh, well, you know, Black Lives Matter, they were looting. It doesn't stop, and it's not going to stop. They will not rise to this occasion. They will take this country down. The state legislature here in Pennsylvania is chock full of insurrectionists. For God's sakes, Western Pennsylvania, where we sit, has sent to Congress Republicans who voted to take away our votes
0: after the carnage at the Capitol. Still sowing the big lie.
1: So we think about somehow saving our country. Look no further than across your backyard fence because the people on the other side are often the ones putting these people in power and they'll continue to do it. I don't know how we, how we, get ourselves back into a semblance of a nation that is worthy of any respect. Let me end with at least some quotes from Martin Luther King. I, I had intended to, and, um, I'm
0: sorry. Dr. King,
1: 1967. We must face the hard fact that many Americans would like to have a nation which is a democracy for white Americans, but a dictatorship over black Americans. When Dr. King said that, he was correct. And I think it's worse now because we have for four years had a president who has been a white nationalist.
0: Who loves
1: white nationalists. Who eggs them on and has empowered them. And we have never seen this kind of empowerment in recent history. And once they're out, and they're out, I don't know how you get them
0: to scuttle back under
1: the rocks from which they emerged. And one other little historical tidbit 1968, a very big year in our history. The Fair Housing Act, which Martin Luther King and so many others fought so hard for, was passed. It was passed one week after
0: he was assassinated. Five years later,
1: Donald Trump and his father Fred Trump were sued for violating that act, the Fair Housing Act, because they refused to rent to black tenants at all of their apartment buildings in New York City. If America had dealt with our racism in 68, if we dealt with it in name a year, name a year, name a year, Donald Trump would never have been the president of the United States. That he was shows that we have never ever, truly, reckoned with who we are. Okay, guys. Sorry. I started out incoherent and I ended up murderous. Happy birthday.
0: See you tomorrow.